Hi, welcome to Pat's Notes, where we get game devs drunk and get them to spill their guts. <laughs> I'm Eric. I'm Jason. I'm Chris. And today we have three great guys from Everrook. Go ahead and introduce yourselves, guys. Hi, I'm Diego Garcia. I'm Wyatt Cosmo Young. D. Yeah, Cosmo <laughs> D. Greg. <Yeah. laughs> and Wyatt. <laughs> As he Sorry. said as well, in case they, yeah. the, yeah. the talking went on. Uh, there's six of us on this. It's bound to happen, guys. Don't worry. Yep. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> so Kale. you guys have a great game out that came out on Steam, Switch, and is it on PS4? I forget. No, it's not. No, so just Steam and Switch, right? And it's called Damaged in Transit. Who wants to take the lead on telling us what Damaged in Transit is? Uh, I I can do it. It's actually been a while since I've given this pitch, so I really have to think about it. Uh, yeah, so, Dust so off Damage, the pitch. <laughs> Damage in Transit is a um, split attention game. So you play as the foreman of a delivery company, and you have your two delivery drones, and you need to get their packages to these goals. So the trick is that you your controls are only up, down, left, and right, and you're not controlling the drones themselves. You're controlling these arrow tiles on the map. So you have two sort of like independently moving agents that you have to manage uh, and try to like safely get them to the goal without passing them over spikes or, or launching them into the water. And who's the masochist that decided this was a great idea? <laughs> that would be Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Not the so, first time. So after anybody yeah. plays this game, um, make sure that you find where to find Wyatt, and that's where you send all the hate mail. <laughs> it looks extremely fun. Chris has been playing it, and it yeah, also looks extremely difficult. It is. <laughs> I'll find okay, you his key. Uh, I started playing a little bit yesterday, so I'm about six levels in, I think. Okay, Just, Playing a little bit before the podcast, so mm. to record an episode last night too. Mm. So. Yes, we've we've had a lot of playing and a lot of podcasting because we this is our third <laughs> podcast that we do now. <laughs> there's <laughs> so. a there's a game that really struck me as something that reminded me of it. Uh, and tell me if I'm way off base on this, but Ib and Ob, did, did you guys ever play that game before? It's kind of like the same idea. Where I played that. That's two player though, isn't it? It can be. It doesn't have to be though. It's kind of like the same same idea as your guys' thing, where it's just like, Mm. but it's more platformer rather than a puzzle. And uh, um, so the reason why I bring that up is because what I wanted to ask, and I guess this can go to Wyatt or anybody, what was some of your inspiration behind this idea uh, of a split attention game? I think this this game is very much inspired by juggling. Um, so I think a few years back, I, I kind of dabbled a bit of juggling, just three balls, handling everything. And really, I designed this game to be really to explore, like challenge players on the dynamics of split attention and split management. Interesting. So juggling and juggling your packages, so to say, are right. uh, uh, the idea behind it. All right, cool. That, that's interesting. I, I'm, I'm really interested. I, my favorite thing is I always like to hear about what made people think of this craziness that comes out of their mind. Because with all these mm-hmm. games you know, just pulling it out of your ass. Uh, it, it's it's always interesting of where it comes from. Sometimes it's from hate of your mom. Sometimes it's from drinking too much. <laughs> it's, it's always good to hear what it's coming from. <laughs> sometimes Tor wants to make too you much. a pinball game. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes it's just a pinball game. That, but hey, you know what? Everyone's different. That's what makes it so fun. <laughs> okay. So uh, what other games has your studio done? beyond just this one this is the first one the first three of us have worked on together so so it's a little confusing so the game is published by ebrick which is why it's company but actually like this is sort of like just three independent artists coming together that's right right yeah um yeah so so we've each worked on other games but together this is the first thing we've done yep what was the development process like for you guys uh being the first one that you've worked on anyone have any inside jokes that you want to like expose right now saying like (laughs) hey you know Diego, nastiest farts or whatever you want. I don't know. Nasty farts, but really good bagels. <laughs> I've, I've not heard any of the two fart before. So I... <laughs> I'm surprised that that's true, actually. <laughs> All right. So according Maybe to Wyatt, it very well. don't fart. <laughs> very, d- very dry. Uh, game Center is a very dry place. There's a lot of insulin. Um, Airflow, so, <laughs> yeah, so where, where we God. all met, we. Yes, yeah, so I, I don't know if that was clear, but we we all um, we all work at or previously attended the NYU Game Center, so we kind of met around um, 
that school that that school program. Um, Wyatt and I both did the MFA program there, and Craig now teaches there and was in the incubator. Craig, you you didn't take classes there, right? Before that, not in the context of game design. Um, right. I had, I had attended a very a, kind of another chapter of my life as an undergrad for music, and that was you know that has been the through line, uh, you know certainly for this project, but. Um, no, I came to the game center as a as a uh, independent developer. They brought me in, and I stayed. I, yeah, I hung so, around. <laughs> and so Wyatt had started this as a as a school project, right? Yeah, technically it was not a school project. I just worked in it, and the because the MFA program was two years, and the summer between the two years, I had, I had a few months of downtime. So I I wanted to work on a project, and this is the the project where I really kind of like try to explore, um, and I prototyped it then. So it was really a few years ago. It was maybe the summer of 2015. And only oh, wow. after, yeah. So after I graduated, mm-hmm. I was working on another project, uh, Red Hot Ricochet, and it took about a year or so. And after I finished it, I was like, hey, I, I want to kind of finish all the uh, older projects that I kind of uh, uh, like a lot. So this one, I kind of fleshed out a bit more, did another prototype, come, it came out more levels of mechanics. And when I was comfortable with it, I, I first approached Diego. So when was it, like like late 2018? Yeah, like November 2018, I think. Yeah. So I kind of approached Diego. It's like, hey, um, I think, I think, uh, because in the past, it was just very abstract. I, I, I only go for like really hard, like just game mechanics. And I think uh, I came to Diego. It's like, hey, I think we, we need to theme it. And we need to have uh, some art. And I think it's a good fit for it. And you had like, like, I feel like you only had like 20 levels at that point or something like that, right? It was, yeah, 20 plus levels. That's right. So we had this come up yes. uh, on mm-hmm. our last uh, interview that we did for Dark Sales. Um, at any point, did you realize maybe I'm making this game a little bit too hard and I need to dumb it down because I've <laughs> because I've gotten too good at this at this ridiculously hard game. Mm. I would say I, that I tried to tell to convince Wyatt of that a few times. <laughs> I think this is probably something that comes out a lot. Um, I think with uh, playtesters and uh, and even even among ourselves, um, the, the game might be a little too hard. I think it's like split attention, split management is probably something that's not very innate. I think not many people like like deliberately practice it or train it, so it can be quite difficult. Um, so the skill floor required to do well is quite high, and but I I, I kind of like the the dynamics that it uh, challenges players and for people who enjoy the kind of punishment the kind of uh, skill required to do well. So I I want to I want to make sure the game fits for this niche demographic, and I do not want to kind of like tone it down so that that even like uh, I'm not serving the niche demographic. So I think what we did is we. We did a lot of play tests. We kind of like rearranged the levels quite often to make sure that the skill ram is good. And I think we have a skill, um, a difficulty setting where it lowers down the speed. So people who still want to play it or they want to play a co-op with, uh, with friends, they can lower down the speed and they can still do well. You bring up a really good point, Wyatt, on how like the big thing now anymore with gaming because there's so much out there i mean you can find Mm -hmm. anything that you want to do is the challenge behind it all i mean you you talk back in like you know 10 years ago whatever demon souls comes out and everyone's just like ah it's so hard i don't like it Mm -hmm. and then dark souls comes out and everyone's just like get good this is what the enjoyment is it's it's like Mm -hmm. this is what you want to shoot for so I, i i think there is a niche for that i think there is something that's there it's just like hey like uh, uh, Super Meat Boy, uh, another one that's just like ridiculously God. hard just to be hard, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? It's just like, hey, if you have the ability to beat this game, if you, uh, to get through it, you can have that little pin in your Steam library and your trophy cabinet, whatever you have. I think mm-hmm. that there's there's definitely a niche for that kind of stuff. And I always yeah, the, the satisfaction from overcoming that right. challenge, it's great. Yeah, because everyone yeah, I, everyone's gonna play Last of Us two in like next week or whatever and stuff like that. But there's not gonna be anyone that's gonna be like, uh, Last of Us two is just too hard for me. Well, what do you mean it's too hard? There's a story <laughs> mode only. Like play that. <laughs> there will be somebody that says that it's too hard, even though even for though sure, that is the for case. sure. <laughs> I think the other well, there thing were people like, who didn't like uh, the stealth mechanics in Someday Your Return. Yeah, oh, that's a Thank horror you. game. Like. You're playing a horror stealth, stealth game. Fine. There's stealth parts. <laughs> People. What were yeah, you going to say? Well, Wyatt was also saying, like, it's also, like, a specific skill set that you don't really see in games and you don't have, a, have like, 
any real reason to train. Like, I mean, like, I guess unless you're a parent of twins, right? Like you're not really training the idea of like managing these two different things happening at once and, and like protecting them from extreme danger. And so the other thing is like, we can make more levels that are like easier, but then they're not really like using that, that mechanic, right? Like the, the fact is like, we have a couple tutorial levels and we actually had to cut some out because people thought the game was too easy if they only played the first five levels, but then like mm. they get to level six and suddenly it's really hard because we're actually starting to split the robots up and stuff. So it's also just a really hard, uh, it's, a, it's a hard curve to manage. <laughs> that's one of the things that I always, uh, I like slash hate is when you're playing a game that's really hard and it's level based. And it's like, you get like this insanely hard level and then you get like three softballs and then they ramp the, the difficulty back up to 11 in the next one. And you're like, <laughs> crap, I got, I got lulled into a false sense of security. And then all of a sudden, boom, death. <laughs> yeah. That probably happens here and there in our game but yeah we, we, we do get a bit it. of uh, a few breather levels <laughs> <laughs> every now and then they're like they, yeah. the the robots just say in out <laughs> in <Yeah>. out. <laughs> it's just it's a straight line no traps <laughs> <laughs> okay so why it's the was the brains and you did a lot of the initial coding i'm assuming right uh who yeah. who was doing the character design and whatnot uh, I did all the the art, yeah. Okay, so oh. art and coding. What did what did Greg do? Greg did Greg is Greg just being here to be a pretty face? Tell him Greg. Tell him. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just I'm just the muscle. Make sure everybody <laughs> says what they should be saying. Uh, I did sound design and music. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, cool. Okay. Amazing. It's, the I music love, is great. I love Greg's uh, work on the game. His music. Yeah, it really is unbelievable. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> the I music was, uh, is actually pretty dang good from every like all the all the clips that i've seen and everything like that you got that good chiptune sound and everything for it i i thought that you did a great job on that so yeah, the, really and the art design is very cool because it's that that old school style like pixel set but much higher definition mm. so i always forget what that term's called I hate I hate com or remembering a lot of those terms, but you know what I'm talking about. I'm not sure I know what you're talking about, but I, I, I get what you're going for. <laughs> Speaking of a little bit of the art design, what was the thought process behind the character design for the robots? Um, well, there were a couple things. So actually, when Wyatt first came to me, it was like going to be a fantasy dungeon setting. We were just kind of trying to like you know, market it to the, the hardcore gamer. And, and so we thought we'd just like reach into a common, uh, common theme, you know? Um, but the more we were thinking about it, you're, you're not really controlling the two characters. So to have the main characters be, you know, two explorers in a dungeon, for example, just kind of didn't match up that much because since you can't actually control them. And so we figured maybe robots are something that you have like a little more indirect control over and they might like scan a tile and respond to the tile, right? Um, and I, I don't know, I really like, like I had gone to Spain the summer before. So I was thinking about these seaside towns. I was thinking about like boats and, and sort of like industry a little bit. Uh, I also love like, you, you know, uh, the older Mega Man games. I like, I love Mis Misadventures of Tron Bon. Uh, I think you can probably see the like Servbot influence on the yellow robot. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So, so I'm just kind of combining some of that stuff. <laughs> Very nice. It Initially, before they were robots, you had them as uh, forklifts, right? You were like forklift drivers and then there two yeah. forklifts moving around. <laughs> yeah. So, but the robots so the second one set in an Amazon warehouse? <laughs> we <laughs> we oh. thought about naming the company something closer to Amazon, but we never really... Uh, we never really <laughs> you didn't want to do like a veiled commentary on them. <laughs> yeah. You could have just called it amazing and then this that would have been fine. This is not a training simulator for Amazon. This is uh, pure entertainment. <laughs> These Bezo bots are doing whatever they want to do for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Diego, didn't it's you zero. draw the? I'm sorry, Diego, didn't you draw the foreman based on uh, Jeff Bezos? Not the foreman, <laughs> but the, his boss. Yeah, it's, it's uh, like loose, very, very, very loose. He's bald, basically. It's like it's, the dude's bald. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Every bald guy, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> amazing. Super amazing. It's 
<laughs> All right. Uh, we'll, we'll start uh, delving in some of the, uh, the hard-hitting questions. Um, <laughs> is a taco a sandwich? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> let's, Diego's let's, our food guy in our group. Yeah, I, I want to hear Diego's take on mm-hmm. this one. Is a taco a sandwich? I'm going to say no. No? Yeah, I'm going to say no. All right. I'm not going to ask you to probe into it. Like, you start a lot of arguments with it. <laughs> I feel like a sandwich is between bread and a, and a tortilla is, is carb, but not bread. All right. Awesome. right? I agree. Oh, with between I agree. Leavened, leavened leavened bread. Sandwich is between leavened bread, I'll say. What about a pita? What about like a gyro? Is it is a gyro a sandwich then? Yeah, I think it is. Okay, okay. Uh, this if is, it's this sliced is in two, if there's two pieces of bread, it's it it moves towards being categorized as a sandwich. The dual bread bookending. Uh, okay, so like halfway between a tortilla and a hot dog bun. So as New Yorkers, <laughs> right? then so a gyro um, is a ta- It's a hot dog. Does it count if you have one <laughs> loaf that's cut in half? Even though it might connect at the bottom, like a like a hero sandwich or or, or some deli sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hot dog is a sandwich. I I, I will maintain. So <laughs> I, I was, I was alluding to that one because there are a lot of people that say no. <laughs> hot dog is not a sandwich. <laughs> oh, I, I, so um, actually, the fir- the first uh, game I ever put out commercially was called Heads Up Hot Dogs, uh, which is a game about putting hot hot dogs on people's heads. Um, <laughs> and and normally hot dogs fell from the sky, and it was hot dogs that you had to catch and save by putting on people's heads but but every level had a bonus sandwich so i i can't in my life ever say a hot dog isn't a sandwich you have a personal stank in this yes yeah. <laughs> i committed to the as a designer this you, by you, far is my absolute favorite thing about patch notes this podcast that we do right now is hearing about people that have spent time making a game that we probably never would have otherwise heard of I'm Googling heads up hot dogs right now, and I'm just absolutely loving the imagery that I'm seeing. It's, it's unfortunately no longer available. Uh, it was killed. It was killed in the great app store purge. But uh, do we still have source code? Yeah, I actually found it the other day. So someday maybe I'll. Yeah, where's that 4K <laughs> update? Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> the remaster. It looks so good. Mm. Oh yeah. This, this also then I think will easily draw to another question that I love to ask, and I think the three of us do. Um, what's the worst game you ever worked on? All three of you. Wow. It could be your Stir own. It could be someone else's. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it usually ends up non, being your own because you're usually your your non-inflammatory. Own worst yeah, exactly. <laughs> non-inflammatory. Uh, you don't want to just be like, oh man, that uh, Mass Effect was just a piece do, of shit. Do game jams count? Is, yeah, can it, it has to be a game jam, jam as, a, as an escape hatch here? Because yeah, I'm uh, done actually, game yes. Yes, yeah. game jams. They if we do can count. Google it and look at images of your shame. I'm all about it. <laughs> well, we did have a hard time Man. finding Lipitor pinball. We did have a hard so. time finding Lipitor. Yes. <laughs> oh man, I I worked on a game for a was it? I think it was a PS Vita game jam. This was at the first Indicate East, and Sony like sponsored a game jam to make games for the Vita. Um, they gave us the Vita dev kit, which had like no tools, and we had to learn from scratch uh, in in, in a weekend. And, yeah, and we decided to make a game about a gardening robot, and you started with like eight different plant seeds, and it would give you like a target plant, and you had to crossbreed your eight starting plants until you could make the target plant. And I was the artist, oh. so I had to draw the. <laughs> combinatorial possibilities of all of the plants <laughs> so i just for an entire weekend was drawing like 64 by 64 yeah, eight, pixel eight plants. by eight by my mind's just kind of going <laughs> yeah. like real fast <laughs> yeah what's the exponential it was, it's eight times seven times six yeah exactly <laughs> it's a lot of plants <laughs> i mean luckily i was working on it with like my best friends but man it was a, it was a weekend i uh i worked on a game where um it was a Facebook game. It was a Facebook game jam. It was the uh, Facebook was was um, basically paying for content. Uh, these different teams were making these games for this jam, and um, we thought we we basically went in. You know, we sort of thought we had like a a concept in mind, but when we got there, we were like, oh, by the way, you can't use uh, Unity. 
Like our platform doesn't work with Unity. We're all like pretty. We were all like ready to like we we'd been using Unity. Uh, that was like our tool of of choice. Now, you know, you can't use it. It doesn't work with Facebook. You can't like upload Facebook uh, it to the Facebook platform. You can't do in. You have to either use Phaser or this other new tech that we have a partner working in. And just not having access to the tech that we thought we were going to be able to be to use and work had comfort with set us back. It just made the thing a big slog. And somehow we got it over the line, but a lot of people did more work than they should have. And uh, <laughs> and we're sitting in this lovely Facebook office with like free cereal and like the whole Facebook treatment in the Manhattan Facebook office. Basically, like our heads are in our hands. I really feel like if you're having a tech-specific game jam, it needs to be marketed around, like, come learn this tech. Yeah. We're going to start it off with a two-hour workshop, and then yeah. you make yeah. a game. Like, yeah. Well, here's, the, here's what's happening. They had Facebook guys on hand to, like, help us, but they, they were kind of junior guys or guys and girls, and all they were doing – was playing Slay the Spire on their own laptops. <laughs> we'd, we'd, we'd be like, hey, I have this question. And, and they'd be like, uh, we'll be over there in a sec. We're playing Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire. Uh, hey, that's a fun game, I right? Throw, <laughs> I don't want to throw the hardworking people at, at Facebook under a bus here, but you asked what the worst experience. Hey, we're not, and, we're not uh, naming any names. It's yeah, totally no cool. Names. Nobody knows. They'd have to go back to work logs. You think they've got Facebook. the time for that? <laughs> what, what, I'm, what, a, what I'm gonna Facebook take is the straw man here. Yeah, for sure. Facebook's this. What, what I'm going to take away from this is that I can get a bunch of people to make a game for me if I just give them free cereal. That's what I got. Yeah. Yes. I'm it super was, excited for that. And a cool office. It was. It was. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was a little easy. Easy cash. Free cereal and a lot of staring at a screen. Now, does it count <laughs> if it's off-brand Captain Crunch? <laughs> Yeah, was it was you it marshmallow mateys or what was it? Come on. I personally am not picky about my cereal. I you could give me cocoa munchers or kangaroo puffs, like whatever you Can want. Can the office I'll... be the conference room at the airport Marriott? I am fine with the, you know exotic hey, settings or Marriott's or got access to tons of cereal. Yeah, <laughs> set. Turn it off for a weekend, you know. Yeah, there Bring we go. Conference room, free games. <laughs> but I can't, I can't imagine that that feeling. It'd be like Epic Games being like, "Hey, we want you to come down here and make us a game, but uh, uh, you can't use the Unreal Engine. Like, just don't use it." <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, okay. Well, also, yeah, like, if you don't know before you arrive. Yeah, God. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I would known, say. If we had known, if there had been some communication up front going in i think maybe we would have done a little bit more prep a little more homework but it was a big shocker and uh, we just had to be like all right grab our bowl of um you know huge, several bowls of cocoa <laughs> lined up staring at the screen they, the other guys are, are playing slay the spire in the back and we're just like okay yeah i was gonna was say if great... they would have just put out there like can't use unity then people would have been like fuck all right, well, I'll go do it anyways. It's free cereal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was that. Was that. All that right, was sound definitely. guys get paid in cereal. I know that now yep. for the future. Uh, all the I crunching. Much for this game. <laughs> all the no, you just bought him a bunch of cereal, like like okay. a shit ton of cereal. Just look yeah. at it yeah. that way, Wyatt. <laughs> all right, Diego your turn, Wyatt. Some bagels. Go your guts. What's the all worst right. game? Worst game. So I think it was 2015. Uh, it was at GDC. I was in this game jam. The NYU Game Center was uh, was having this game jam, and a whole bunch of students were helping out. And it was really set up to to not not for everyone to do a good job. What they had is like maybe every, they get a bunch of people, maybe three or four. And they give you four hours and they give you a prompt. And after that, you hand over to another group of people and they'll add prompts to it. Oh, shit. So, oh, so it was it's just like really messy. Exquisite so corpse? Yes, as a game exactly. Game? Yep. Oh, wait, wait, this oh. is whose line is it anyways? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, literally, yeah. whose line is it anyways? Whose line of code is it? Yeah. That's right. Hazard <laughs> spaces. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> 
So I was the first group that um, had to do the project. So I guess the first group is good because you don't. There's no handover to you. You just have to hand over to the other group. I worked and I on think this game. You did. This I was, was like the first sheep? group. Was there sheep in this game? I do not remember. I was the first group, and the prompt was that uh, all the prompts were all like uh, business, like like industry related, like 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 puns. So it was paywall and microtransactions. Oh my gosh. Sounds like so sheep think, to me. <laughs> yep. So I think we, we had something where you buy stuff and you just shoot balls and you have to hit down a wall. This is and EA then the if game? you clear the wall, you have yeah. to win. <laughs> and then I think we handed it over to the other group. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but I remember it was a bit of a train wreck. You did it. I think I worked. I think I worked on this. Unless they did the same thing the year before. Okay. You will have graduated already. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Oh, so they tortured two years worth of people at least on this. I think it's yearly <laughs> that they do this. <laughs> the mm-hmm. same, yeah. the same torture. It's a rite of passage. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that just that sounds brutally bad. Not for you because you did the first one. You didn't have any problem with it. Yeah, but you know that what came out of that was just a steaming pile of crap. And at the end so of the day. People. All of this bullshit at least bought us damaged in mm. transit. And I think that's what it right <laughs> yes. there, isn't it? Somehow they all connected. Made us stronger. That's yep. right. That's right. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you learned how to work on all those shitty game jams so that you could then be like, this isn't so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put paywalls in the game. Puzzles. No microtransactions. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> So have you guys all all lived in New York like all your life or I've been here for um, 10 years. I've been here since I was a college student. Um most of my yeah, young adult and now professional life. Yeah, I I moved here for college as well. I moved here to do in 2014 to do the masters in game design. But before that I was living in Singapore. Okay. Nice. How is Singapore? I've never been. Singapore, it's yeah. uh, it's hot, it's humid. That's that's the worst thing about Singapore. But uh, I think that's uh, the plus side is this love. It's very orderly. It's very it's very pleasant, and uh, it's 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 comfortable. It's a comfortable nice. place. It's a yeah. Oh it's... oh oh, you know you know quite a bit about Singapore, right, Greg? My my wife's family lived in Singapore for ten years, so we visited several times and. It's an interesting place because it's very tech forward. It's, you know, the gaming scene. I I went to a couple of gaming clubs, uh, board games, digital stuff. They had gaming cafes. I saw people playing like Dota 2 and cap. Like it was, there's definitely a scene there. Um, They go all night. They have a good time. Uh, It seems, it seems everybody is taken care of in Singapore and it's in the jungle and there's tons of shopping and the food is good the food's amazing it's all over the world food but you it's it you have to follow the rules you as an outsider i don't know why you're probably used to this because you grew up there but as an outsider thousand dollars thousand singaporean dollars if you litter uh i think it's like 500 that's that's about i think singapore's dollars a little weak to the american dollar just a little bit um like the canadian dollar um 500 i think if you like spit or something like it's like these and they'll then they will find you like i had an open container on the subway which was spotless and somebody came up to me and was like Mm-mm. and i was like Ugh. so very strict <laughs> so you're saying that they do what we should do and they were very covid uh aware beforehand no spitting <laughs> they're in public, they're extremely they some people call it no disrespect Wyatt, but but mm-hmm. i've heard it called and I, I don't, I don't, I take no judgment here, but some people like to call it the nanny state. It's like mm-hmm. a nanny. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like the government is like your nanny. And well, a nanny state wanna... is a, is an actual term though. So, I mean, it's, it, it might sound mildly offensive to people from there, but it is an actual term for people or for like state structures and everything. But, but it's, but it's highly functioning. It's super fun. Just like if you, if you stay, if you follow the rules, you can have a fine time and they take good care of you. So Come that's to Singapore, that. play mm-hmm. games, don't be a dick. And the, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <Don't litter. laughs> well, that's, that's what I couple in as, as don't be a dick. People that live yeah. in dicks. I walk out of the gym <laughs> and I just see like cups and wrappers and 
uh, protein shake containers and whatnot all over the fucking car or uh, uh, parking lot. And I'm just like, unacceptable. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's worse right now with everyone throwing their masks and their gloves everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the company that I work, that I do my day job for, um, we were sourcing out masks because we run events generally throughout the year. Um, And one of the guys that we were talking with for him, uh, he completely stopped selling disposable masks and was, he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, we're not doing disposable masks anymore. Uh, after talking with a bunch of my friends that live here in the California area and a bunch of other people throughout the world and them just seeing all the masks now washing up ashore and mm. being found littered all over the place is like, we're not selling them. We're only selling reusable masks. We'll sell them to you at a really, really good price, but we're only selling reusable masks now. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's fine. You know, we, we completely understand it. And they're, they're still charging us like a third of the price of what most places would, would be charging for reusable masks to buy in bulk. So I'm perfectly fine with it. Still reminds me of the meme with, uh, from Thor Ragnarok. where it's like, you can't go outside. Yes, I can. You get COVID. Not if I go like this. <laughs> was that Ragnarok or was that a? That was Ragnarok. Was that Endgame? Ragnarok. No, it was definitely Ragnarok. Yeah, it was Ragnarok. Yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to picture it, and I couldn't remember if that was Drunk Thor or. Well, he's just like you'll be no. recognized, and he's just like, no, if I go like this, and holds over his, <laughs> over his face, and he's like, mm. whatever. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, so I guess that that brings a good one. What's your favorite movie? Oh, look! Diego's <laughs> eyes just got real wide. That's it's a, like, oh crap! Uh, <laughs> that's a hard question. I like movies. Hard question. Okay, you want to give us a top three in no particular order? I want to think. Does anybody list. else have one? I, I made a list actually because somebody asked me this recently. Just like. <laughs> 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 So I was like, you know what? I'll just make this list. Um, and it's 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 helpful because it does kind of inform my music writing sensibilities and like my, you know, what I bring to to projects. I was going to uh, say, the general, sounds so. guys probably got it like in like a separate folder that's like labeled mm-hmm. like individually <laughs> for everything for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. It's well, and that's like all. one of those things that I... I learned recently while I was like looking up a bunch of trivia. John Williams has never watched any movie that he's ever scored. Huh. Okay. That makes oh. sense. Never watched. Like he's seen the bits and pieces from writing the score, but he's never watched the finished product of any. Wow. So I mean, okay. no Star Wars, no yeah, Indiana Jones. <laughs> no ET. Well, it, because but, he's, he, he worked on it. So. Yeah. That's what He's we talk to... about. It's like listening to your own podcast is like this weird form of <laughs> masturbation. It's like, it just feels weird <laughs> listening to you talking with your friends about it. And it's like, I totally imagine that that's kind of what he feels like. It's either A, I'm done with it, or B, I really just don't want to do that to myself. <laughs> um, looking at this list, I guess um, if I were to pick one, um, it's... I really like, well, actually, one of these stands out for um, the purposes of sound design. I really like it because of its use of sound design. It's the film The Conversation. Are you all familiar with The Conversation? It was Coppola's film that he made between the two Godfathers. So he made Godfather 1, then he made The Conversation, then he made Godfather 2. So he's already like on a tear. He makes this film in the middle. It's it's it has a young Harrison Ford in it. It has Gene Hackman in it. And what's so cool about this film, in addition to it just being this amazing psychological mystery, is its use of sound. It uses sound to. This guy is a surveillance guy, and he's reconstructing a conversation that that could be about planning a murder. And um, big influence on me for sure. The conversation. Awesome. I've heard of it. I've never seen it though. So mm-hmm. that's that's really good. I, I actually wrote that down. I'm like, okay, I haven't watched it. I guess I'll have mm-hmm. to watch that. It's awesome. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's super cool. Super cool. Kind of a deep cut, but not not even really a deep cut. But it's like a, um, it's it's. I don't know if it's that streamable. Like I saw it. Yeah, back in the I, I day. watched it. I actually watched like the first 15 minutes streaming like a month ago. So it's definitely available somewhere. Okay. <laughs> you know where it probably is. Amazon. No, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Forklift. Forklift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing Zion. <laughs> it is Diego, Amazon. have you thought enough or do we need to jump to Wyatt? 
Yeah, no, I, I guess like <laughs> the movie that I most often will like make people watch if they haven't seen is a is a movie called Tom Popo. Do you know this movie? It's, it's oh a, yes, Jap- it's a Japanese comedy from the eighties um, by a director like not really known for that much stuff. Juzo Itami, he's he's kind of known in Japan, but not really much here. But Tom Popo is this like cult film. So the whole thing, or the the main thread, is it's about this woman who has inherited her dead husband's ramen shop, but she's not very good at making ramen. And these truckers come through town, and they taste her ramen, and they're like, "Frankly, you're, like your ramen is bad." And <laughs> she like she like uh, basically like hires not not she doesn't pay them, but she like convinces them to teach her to make the best ramen, and it becomes this like weird, like. They call it a speak like the the first spaghetti western because it's like about noodles. Um, but it's like it's like shocking, <laughs> like made in the style of an old western. But it's like kind of a heist movie because they're like stealing other people's recipes, and then it has all these weird vignettes about food, like the this like this like group of homeless people that are like like uh like connoisseurs of food, and they're like they're like drinking the wine they found in the trash outside the nice French restaurant and stuff. Uh, it's like uh, it's so good. <laughs> It's, it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. It's pretty amazing. It's definitely if you like ramen and food in general, Tom Popo's is pretty rad. You're, I like all those things. You're gonna boo <laughs> me to the ends of the earth, but the entire movie you described was a movie that I watched in 2008 called The Ramen Girl. No, no, no. no. It's, it's, you know, I, I started and stopped. The Wait a minute. Once, and I, I will tell you that Tom I Popo's gotta look is, at this. Is, is, is like, <laughs> This is totally. She's she's probably rip. They're ripping Tom Popo. Oh, it's one hundred percent. Like what he described is one hundred percent Tom Popo. But it's the Ramen Girl is like a a West, like like an American girl. It was an American version. Yeah, yeah. They. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I think the thing that separates is separates it is like Tom Popo is super slapstick comedy and like really absurdist in a lot of ways. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like it's a lot very, of uh, Ramen Girl, like a lot of Japanese adaptation. There's also like I, I don't think it's an adaptation. Um, I, I will also say that when I was in Japan, like every ramen shop claimed to be the ramen shop that Tampopo was based on. <laughs> just, just like every coffee shop in New York has the world's best coffee, right? So mm-hmm. or the best yes. pizza. Raise the original raise, yeah. yeah. The, it's the original raise pizza. This is the one. This is the original raise. What about that guy down the street? Fuck him. <laughs> What if that one says the original original race? <laughs> the originalist of the race. <laughs> the, the NYU Game Center used to get their pizza from a place called Not Rays. So I remember nice. Not Rays is still going strong, not yeah. being Rays. <laughs> That's probably um, the original race. <laughs> <laughs> they just decided to be like totally ironic with it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Wyatt, mistakes. We'll be not it's your race. turn. Every movie, uh, I probably would say Pulp Fiction. Pop fiction. That's a uh, solid choice. Solid. Yeah. Yep. I always Very like good. a little bit of intrigue. There's uh, all these moving parts and trying to figure out how everything pieces together. Interesting, weird, quirky conversations, dark humor. It's, it's very much up my alley. Yeah. So you, you would say Pulp Fiction over uh, Reservoir Dogs then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, ha- I had that I, conversation like a week ago with one of my friends of like, we were trying to decide Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs. And, the, and he's like, mm-hmm. whichever one you choose really says something about you. What does that say? <laughs> uh, you're a little bit more on the sadistic side if you like mm-hmm. Reservoir Dogs. Because okay. if, if you think Reservoir Dogs is, is it, I mean, the, the whole ear cutting off scene yep. and mm-hmm. like all that stuff, yep. like everything about Reservoir Dogs is definitely much more yep. sadistic than that. And I was yep. like, I could see that, but it's I like both scene, of though. them. <laughs> yes, it is a great scene. Just um, dancing to the to the song in preparation for the cutting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and think, uh, what's the comedian's name that does the thing? I I always forget uh, his name. Uh, that does the radio uh, voiceover. He's the radio DJ. He's got that really dry delivery. He was the couch guy and half baked. Oh, <laughs> Jason remembers that now. Not, uh, <laughs> Oh man, I always forget his name, and now it's gonna it's gonna piss me such off. Enough, such a- Even if you said his name, like nobody will recognize it. it it's yeah. like it's like you might G- Jim Basic, and it's just like oh yeah, totally. Like totally, I know Jim Basic. Yeah, to- yeah, that's Funny it. Guy. That was it. I totally just nailed Even it. Even right. 
Stephen Wright. Yeah. You got yeah. it, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him. He has that super iconic delivery, but yeah, he did the he did all of that, and that's one of the things that was great about the the soundtrack for Reservoir Dogs is that every couple of tracks was him doing like little clips for the radio, which was awesome. It was like he was doing a radio show, which is really cool. All right, <laughs> not to bring it all back, but we've been complaining about a lot of things, and what I like to do is complain about the final project that we're on. What was the hardest part of Damage in Transit for you guys? Oh, hmm. <laughs> that's a lot of oofs. Yeah, there's a lot of um, oofs. Everything. Play testing. I mean, I kind of had it. I, I kind of had it easy in that I think there was only one or two tracks that I needed to just start from from the top and and rethink them. But um, this was not, at least from where I'm sitting, it was not a difficult uh, delivery. It was definitely, um, it was fun. It was fun, and I've told you both this. It was, it was a fun game to work on, and it was, and I, and that I hope comes out in this in the audio portion. It didn't. It shouldn't sound labored. It shouldn't sound like there's a lot of intensity there. It should. It should sound like it's just flowing out of the speakers. Uh, and the sound is popping out too, and there's joy. Um, so if there was any like real hard work uh, that was more than just me head down doing it, um, that was like from the, from a place of torture or from a place of like, oh God, why? Um, <laughs> I don't really feel like that was happening from my end. Um, certainly not not compared to other projects. Um, or I did a I did a, a very I, I worked really hard to like obscure that. Uh, uh, that uh, hatred for us. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! The sound of like, the splash. The Diego splash. and Wyatt made me do just all these beeps and boops. <laughs> this is bullshit. I will say it's nice to hear that from Greg because I do feel like I, I often felt like I was like Greg, this is great, but it's not perfect, and I want it this way. So do it again. <laughs> I'm no stranger to that though. Like that's like kind of how it has Seems to like be. Job, I was right? gonna say with the sound guy, that's kind of it, it goes with that. It's the it's the same as the like it's it's about on par with what you do, Diego, with the character design, where then you take it to Wyatt, why it's like I don't like this color combination. Can you redo this color combination? And then it's like, Well, now I want this color to be back one color. <laughs> Yeah, we actually don't speak anymore. We're, we're, we're making it special. <laughs> the yeah. the reason that you guys are, are all separate is not because of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> it does make me wonder, though, like, it, you know, at least with sound design and music, like how many, um, how many people c who are in that space just ace it out of the gate like a, like somebody on the tier of like a john williams or a, a disaster piece or somebody of that and who just comes in with such a strong identity and such a strong uh you know they, they already have an authorial power do, do, does the director just get out of their way or is the collaboration ongoing i sort of see it as like a collaborative dialogue i don't see it as like not enough of this more of that i see it as like we're working towards an arrival point together. Well, I think uh, and I that, don't think that I think that we got a very good or very good depiction of that with Mick Gordon in the uh yeah, the new Doom, Doom, Eternal. Doom Eternal's like soundtrack and whatnot. It's like Mick Gordon nailed it out of the park with Doom and then for some reason they thought like, Yeah, we don't need you to do all the music for this. So we're gonna have we're some gonna mix some of it ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, that was a good one. Too. To Doom Eternal is what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that would be the, the one thing. It's like no it's nobody is is uh is kept out of it. I'm sure Nobu Imatsu had issues in the Final Fantasy ones as well, too. Yeah. Like yeah. always, it's never exactly how the director wants it. <laughs> no one gets it. Yeah, because I think take. with with Mick Gordon Doom Eternal, I think but that's a thought he wasn't gonna get done in time so they're we're gonna start mixing some songs ourselves mm. and then mixing his music too not yeah they're starting mixing like some of his before he got to mix it you don't nix the mix man you don't nix the mix <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. all right Wyatt or Diego you're up next spill your guts are you ready Diego I can go you want to go or you want me to go um so the hardest 
I'll go, I'll go. So the hardest part, I think, was um, was last year, New Year's Eve. I was trying to prepare a build for MacFest. Because I think MacFest was um, on 2nd of January this year. Are you familiar yeah. with MacFest? Mm-hmm. Is everyone familiar? So mm-hmm. it's like a festival that happens at uh, National Harbor. And so I was trying, I was showing, I was showing damage in transit there. I was trying, preparing a build. And somehow, because there are a lot of things that require me to update uh, Unity. And so I kind of updated it because of like, uh, yeah, I, I just had to get the version updated. And getting the development on the Switch, something happened where the tile map system didn't work with the new mm-hmm. uh, how switch was being developed and essentially i think i spent maybe 18 19 hours trying to trying to resolve the problem so i kind of worked all through new year's new year's like um like oh, from 31st geez. december <laughs> all the way to 1st january before i could um, get on a car with my friend to to get to macfest i actually did not i was not able to solve it and um I kind of did a hacky kind of trick to do it so that i can at least show the game and, smoke um, and mirrors that was, <laughs> yeah. that was pretty intense God. yeah trying to uh, a little bit of panic and it's like oh man i just need to get it done i'm just all by myself in my apartment because everyone's away for like new year's and i was just trying to get it done oh you didn't even have like a significant other just sitting in the other room like this with their arms crossed going i should be fucking out for new year's right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, was, I was just i was just working and i was uh i was I'm not sure that it could be solved so i just kept kept going it was like 7 8 a.m before i kind of was like okay this is this is it but i'm just gonna have this working like this oh man that sounds horrible <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. especially when you when you're so far and you've got like a stable build and then you do an update mm. and you're like fuck yeah <laughs> exactly it's not even your fault they fucked something up in their in their update that changed everything out and you're just like crap what do i do now <laughs> this was a bad timing it was just yeah. bad timing to get everything done for me yeah all right for, diego yeah so mm-hmm. for me it was definitely the comic uh, interstitials so the, like the like story parts of the game are told through comics that appear like before like sandwiched before and after each world um and those were my idea uh i think we like decided to have like a light story <laughs> yep. and and i i was kind of pushing that i think Wyatt would have been okay releasing the game with no story but i was like well i don't know it's nice to have it's mm-hmm. nice to have something and and i think ultimately we agreed on that um and i was like no problem i'll do it and then i was like oh i have to now like write and and illustrate comics which is something like i haven't done (laughs) since i did it like as a hobby in college um and it was it was the end of the like that was the last thing we did so it was the really the end of the development cycle it was like i think we like finalized some ui for for menu screens after that but it was really like we were trying to get the game out. And so like all the comics in the game are really just first pass. I was just like, I, I did an outline, mm-hmm. I did a sketch and mm-hmm. I just went heads down. I don't know if they make any sense to this day, um, but it was just <laughs> like, yeah, it was really stressful to, to sort of like be thinking about it and be like knowing that like, I think they came out pretty well, but I, the whole time I was like, these could be better, these could be better. And I was like, just like going and going and going. Your worst Things critic for be sure. Better. Yeah, yeah. 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 you're yeah. always your yeah. worst critic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have one last question, and that is, when it came to, because there's 125 levels, right? Yes. Were you just like, hey, we've made 80 levels, and you're just like, fuck, that's that's lame. All right, we'll do 100 levels. No, we want to go to the max. It's bullshit. 125. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, we're done. Like, Let's what, do it. what was the mindset behind 125, or what? what how did that come to be? You remember these conversations, Wyatt? <laughs> Somewhat <laughs> in pieces. Uh, I think we, because I think we designed the mechanics for each world. It's like, oh, each world will have this kind of mechanics. They kind of uh, change the way you play. And I think we have uh, five bunches of mechanics. So I think the five worlds kind of kind of matches. And I just did a whole bunch of levels for each one, and they kind of they kind of uh, rest around 20 to 25 okay. and uh, our, our level selection was a five by five grid and, and the maximum is 25 there's one world with 25 i forgot which one it was probably world three and somehow it was like oh when we as we are 
uh, playtesting levels, like, oh, I think we need a little more levels to teach the mechanics. We add, we pad a little here and there. And somehow we kind of had like maybe 25, 25, and then one was like 23, one was 24, 22. It was like, we should just like round it up to make it 25 each one. It's, it's not that interesting an answer. No, that's perfect. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think we had decided at some point that like, we wanted more than 80 that that like 100 seemed like a reasonable amount for a game of that scale we wanted mm. like a decent play time um and also like why it pumps these levels out like like it's nothing it was really impressive i yeah, mean we tested gotta, them and, and saved. We, we we certainly sanded the corners on a lot of them but um but it was it was impressive watching why it pumped them out and then yeah I, I actually remember like the first world needing to add a couple like tutorial-ish levels, uh, and and I think that inflated the number in that world, and we decided to match it. So, were there so any DLC? mechanics or anything that you guys decided to like drop out because it was just too complicated or anything, or did you get everything in that you wanted to? Did we cut any? Uh, I definitely cut some from the prototype, original prototypes. Um, I think we, I think one, I remember one, there was an item, there's an extra item that was like a, some kind of explosive. So if you, if you touch a wall or a beacon or any kind of solid object with it, you can kind of remove it. So you have puzzles where you kind of decide where to use explosives to kind of like open up the area. I think it was just overly complicated and <laughs> I think we, we kind of figured out we can have the same kind of feel with the, in World 3, you know, with the, uh, the, the, the beacon and the, the, the drill, you know, the, the, so oh, that like an ice automatic wall, wall that yeah, we call right. ice because we, we updated the art, but not the name. Yeah, yeah, but we call it ice wall. <laughs> That's why I was hesitant to call it ice wall on this podcast. <laughs> it's called ice wall. Yes, ice yes. Wall. The ice wall um, and the fire, I think that mechanic, we can we can kind of have the same dynamics and same view. So we kind of like uh, removed um, the, the bomb mechanic. So did you guys make this in Unity or home build engine or Unreal? Unity. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I guess, the tile map system has sort of become more fully featured right before we started. So we, we used the, the tile map system really aggressively, which was great. Yeah, that's right. That's probably um, also why the comics were so hard because I was used to just like pumping out tiles and then. Crap. I mean, you might have been able to do the comics using tiles, but that just would have been <laughs> over convoluted in order to do that. that All right. So Jason map. asked you the, the, the mean question, but I'll, so Austin, nice one. What, what did you guys enjoy the most out of working together and making this game? Let's all sing Kumbaya together and eh, you know, give a big group hug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't all speak at uh, once. Yeah. <laughs> I just really like uh, making them, you know, any excuse I can get to roll up my sleeves and um, make some new tracks that are going to push me into an interesting creative place. I'll take it. So uh, Diego gave it to me and uh uh, we put our heads together. It felt like, at least from where I'm sitting, it felt like a good meeting of minds, uh, you know, because we all are kind of doing our own thing. And then we come together, we, uh, we form up, we trade ideas around and uh, make something bigger than the sum. So I think all of that is just really satisfying. And I liked it. I was writing in a style that I hadn't really done before. I hadn't really used a lot mm. of chiptune texture um, that combined with live instrumentation. It was like I was trying to capture a new feel for the setting, which I'd never really done. Uh, and uh, if I, I really enjoyed being being in that headspace. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, it's kind of like the indie ideal, right? Like we 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 all came together and were able to sort of do exactly what we wanted, but with just the right amount of pushback, you know. Like, not, yeah. I, I don't think I ever felt mm -hmm. constrained to do something that I didn't want to do. Um, but I also felt like, you know, I had a I had a nice amount of critical view at what I was doing, so I, I could improve it when I needed to. Yeah, I, I think I, I really, I really, I'm very impressed by Diego and uh, uh, Greg on their work, and I think they they just have like they 
the standards, right? They, 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 they put standards on themselves as well. So I think when we're working, I'm always like very comfortable. It's like, oh, they're, they're, trying, they're trying to give good work. You know, we're collaborating and they're, they're trying to put in their, their best and I, I really appreciate it. And I think I, I really like how the project came out and uh, enjoyed working with them quite a bit. We also went to Montreal to show the game, which was a blast for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, we, I basically went on vacation as part of the game, and that was great. <laughs> we had bagels there. We had bagels there. We did. Yeah, sure. inspiration. In fact, the bagels I made today were inspired by the bagels we ate there. There you go. There you oh, go. gosh. We've so said the bagels so many times that we need to, we need to plug that it, it's the Epicurious article uh, that you can you can find written by uh, Peter Reinhardt if you want to yeah. make these amazing bagels. I'm making. Throw in, I, I will say, add uh, add two tablespoons of chopped rosemary. It'll change your life. Oh, rosemary bagels <laughs> are delicious. I I will not doubt that that is correct. Mm. Yeah. So that um, trip to Montreal was my first rosemary bagel, and I, and the ones I made this morning were my first try making them. They were awesome. So nice. Was it fresh rosemary or dry rosemary? Fresh. I used. Fresh. Okay. Good. I have one more question. I know I've said last question a few times because I'm there's always a last question. It doesn't yep. matter. Don't worry about it. And then I know, right? But this is <laughs> like aside obviously from damage in transit. What are you guys playing right now? Playing right now. Okay. Yeah. Let's look at the old Steam list. <laughs> <laughs> what is the last one that I played? Recent. <laughs> Man, I mean I'm uh, huh. Uh, we've got Epitaph, why it's next game. I've got that in my... I'm playing nice, on a tabletop nice. simulator because, like, ta- I don't know if you guys use... Uh, I have like, tabletop simulator. I have not yep. used it. I have it. I've used like, it for I have it things. in my library, but I have not used it for anything. <laughs> I've used it actually for my day job where I play dice on it and I oh, roll yeah. dice. Yeah. For, yeah, it's just, like, stupid stuff. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I've been messing around with... Um, the Surge 2, I, I, I got it on sale. Very interesting. What they did with the Souls, uh, kind of the Souls setup. Um, was playing a bit of Battletech. I, I'm a, a bit of a... I a, need to buy that game still. Yes, you do. Really, <laughs> really fun, like, strategy. I mean, like, based on the Battletech system. So, yeah, yeah I'm a bit of a strategy. Uh, I'm not great at strategy games, but I like exploring their various... Uh, innards and seeing how they play so battle tech for sure yeah we've we've talked about that a lot on on our podcast of like i really i still need to buy it like i never i never got around to buying it because i stopped building a pc to to be able to game with a while ago and i have a laptop right now that will do that and i was like i really need to get battle tech because i'm like the warhammer guy like i actually played tabletop warhammer 40k when i was in high school mm-hmm. and whatnot so okay <laughs> so <laughs> i'm like i really need to get the battle tech because i remember playing battle tech a couple of times with some friends as well too and it was fun as hell epitaph looks like patapon but like more brutal <laughs> when i look at these like <laughs> screenshots if you if yeah. you know what patapon mm-hmm. is <laughs> yeah, no, i'm assuming that you're patapon. you're not doing a uh, rhythmic singing and and uh no. drum hitting in this correct <laughs> no <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a fast place uh, competitive like combat game like tactical combat game. So you're just like, you have abilities that are kind of sequencing together and it'll play out like all in real time and you're kind of competing with someone else. Added to wish list. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a key. We're going to have, uh, we're going to have some close beta soon. So I'll send yeah, you if key. you want to send us yeah, a key, yeah, man, that'd be yeah, great. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to give it a try. That'd be mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Especially since Greg says that he's been actually playing it. <laughs> what about um, you, Wyatt? Um, what have you been playing? Um, yesterday I bought a, game um by clay uh it's grifflands the early access game oh, okay yeah so i think it's a that it's was like the a game kind of, that um, i wanted to play when we saw it at e3 uh two years ago last what? year it's card based right yes that's last right it's card. yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Man, it looks so awesome to me i, I yes. i'm really jonesing that you've been playing it so mm. go ahead i'm gonna shut up now. <laughs> yeah this is a card game that's kind of like uh, using it part of like kind of rpg roguelite setting I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying it more of a it's like RPG rather than a card game. Um, and Monster Train, uh, it's like Slay the Spire, but it's uh, a <laughs> yeah. They're all uh, they're kinda... all the rage right now, dude. Card games oh, yeah. are all the rage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Playing about Monster Train, um, Rune Terror, competitive oh, card game. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, sometimes I play Valorant with my roommates. I'm terrible at uh, 
first-person shooters, but that's, that's, I've been playing with that a bit. <laughs> hey, it's all right. I I get on every now and then on Wednesdays for a stream for Warzone and then mm-hmm. vastly handicap the team of coworkers that I'm with on that, <laughs> which are really, yeah. really good. And all mm-hmm. it is is a... Is a uh, a quest to see whether or not I can kill somebody in the gulag that is worse than me. (laughs) (laughs) As long as you're not the worst, it's all good, right? Exactly. You're like, man, I killed two of you. How bad are you at this game if I killed you? (laughs) I usually don't survive parachuting, so... (laughs) Uh, they auto deploy now so you should be able to yeah. make it <laughs> yeah there is an auto deploy if you forget to do that unless yeah. you deploy it cut it and then wait for the auto deploy that's, that's, which that's i accidentally did once <laughs> i do it regularly all right diego what about you what do you play uh yeah so i'm actually playing a lot of warzone i feel like i'm in a i'm in a weird space where i'm kind of waiting for my next big thing and i'm also i think with quarantine i'm like hungry for multiplayer and and really communication heavy stuff um so i'm playing a lot of warzone um playing dungeon world with some friends my buddy arlen ortiz um illustrates a lot of maps that he sells in the in the marketplace i forget what what the marketplace is called um but he's like testing out his maps he's our he's our gm uh, oh so, so d- cool. the rpg dungeon world yeah, the yeah tabletop yeah. rpg yeah. Mm-hmm. oh nice yeah. Ooh, I've been wanting to play that. I actually was playing a t- uh, tabletop RPG called Iron Sworn, which is kind of in the same wheelhouse. Pretty cool. It's Pretty great. We we actually started D and D on D and D five five E, and then we were like, "This is too. It's just like too clunky and and rules heavy." And we really just want to want to like try and foreground the role playing a little more. And we switched it on tomorrow, but it's been way smoother. Cool. Um, so it's been pretty fun. And then I just downloaded uh, Sludge Life, which I want to try. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. And the um, Disc Room, I think, has a free demo now that I also really want to get, but I haven't gotten those yet. Yeah, there's a lot of free demos out right now for yeah. Yeah. the Steam Summer Game Festival. Well, because no one could go to E3, so why not put it all on? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We, oh, yeah, we gotta get our, our play in every now and then. Oh, oh Sludge Life. Life. Okay, I was like, Sludge why Life does that sound awesome. familiar? It looks so good, but I haven't, I haven't it looks, started it yet. Yeah, it looks like it's up my alley. I got a, free, I got the free one. I'm gonna get into it. Uh, Dose <laughs> one who who works with Blimbeer a lot. He did the music for Gun Gods, which is like a, a Doom like they made years ago. That was like low key one of my favorite games. Uh, he did the music. Dose one. Yeah. An old. That's a. Uh, that's a deep cut known right quantity yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah boom bip and dose one wow yeah go on epic game store right now sludge life is free yeah that's what that's why although the funny well, thing is, oh, yeah, it, oh no, never mind you've got faster. plenty of time it says sale ends 5 28 2021 oh nice <laughs> so everyone's got plenty of time go on go on uh, epic game store and get long sludge life. life for sludge life oh yeah yeah <laughs> long life <laughs> I think one of the more recent ones that I'm getting right now. I've played that we uh, we actually played it last year in like a behind closed doors thing at E3 um, is Beyond Blue. If you guys haven't played that or seen anything, it's a it's a, a diving game, uh, but it, basically you're going through and you're cataloging. Oh, right. Uh, you're cataloging sea life and everything like that but it's just a fun like really good narrative that plays through um everything's like very science fiction it's like you go you can go down to the twilight zone in a in like a regular like diving suit they've got like the specially designed diving suit that can handle the compression and everything like that um yeah because they work with the bbc on it and yeah looked at where technology would would potentially be as well to make it not too science fictiony that's awesome but yeah, I, and they I'm got, glad to hear that. Yeah, they got a lot of um, a lot of like mini documentaries in there that they did in conjunction with the BBC, and the BBC gave them a ton of uh, footage from Blue Planet that they could use to to create the different uh, like sea life and the different areas, like the magma fields that you go through and the brine pools that you go through and everything like that. But uh, yeah, that came out recently. To all their footage, I think. Yeah, everything. I, they gave them everything and everything a ton of cut money. off. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I've been curious about that. I follow one of the devs, and I've been seeing them post a lot, but I, I, I wasn't sure, like, yeah, like, I, I don't know how, how much I would be able to bite into that game, but it sounds great. I'm going to grab it. It's a good, quick game. Um, it, it's probably about eight hours, maybe? Maybe ten. Oh, um, I forget exactly how long I how long I played it. Um, that's perfect. It went, it went pretty quick, um, but... 
uh, each of the levels, like if you want to complete it to where you get every single fucking fish, because there's specific numbers of fish that you need to get in order to get a, uh, a proper AR scan of them so that it can create a full 3d uh, representation of it. <clears throat> so if you go through that, like it'll take a long time to be a completionist with it, but mm. If you go through and you do the story and you do a pretty good job of getting it, I think I completed like two or three fish or two or three different sets. Um, it, it took me about eight hours or so. But it's a fun game. And the devs are actually all based out of here in Phoenix. Like we met them. We yeah. were talking with them for like 45 minutes. And then we realized that mm -hmm. my office, my old office was literally five minutes from their current office. Hmm. <laughs> so awesome. we were we were like yeah have you ever gone to the sonic down the street They're like yeah all the time <laughs> <laughs> so like i know we're building here and you guys get food trucks every tuesday and they're like yeah <laughs> i was just watching a stream and someone showed me ace of seafood have you seen ace that of seafood this is tang ace very tangential now it's it's an ace combat game what but you are fish <laughs> <laughs> flying what? fish no, you're like under the ocean. Oh shit, <laughs> it's Ace Combat Underwater. And it looks like super janky, but also like unbelievable. Holy crap. It looks fucking crazy. There's a I giant the, fish like, taking on a, a nuclear sub, it looks like in one of these pictures. Nice. I want the like Beyond Blue Ace of Seafood DLC really bad. That's, um, <laughs> they already have that technically. It's, uh, what, what's the shark game? <laughs> Oh yeah, man eater. Man -eater. Yeah. Man -eater. <laughs> Which I re I still really want to play, even though it's gotten like a, a solid six out of ten, maybe five out of ten from everybody. This looks crazy. Ace of seafood. Just it's only twelve dollars too. I gotta log in like a minute plus. So um... let's wrap it up. Let's oh do yeah, it. no, yeah, yeah let's wrap, we'll it wrap it up. That's fine. All right, uh, thank you ever, thank you guys for joining us, uh, Diego. Greg and Wyatt, uh, thank you for joining us on this. I'm really glad that we had a chance to talk with you guys about uh, Lost in Transit and, you know, just random bullshit in general. Damage in <laughs> Transit. Dam sorry, Damage in Transit. Not lost transit. Yeah. Like, sorry, the, uh, the giant thing of whiskey and the beer that I had already has uh, gotten in my head. Uh, <laughs> Thanks but for thank you guys us. very yeah. much for coming on with us. Yeah, this has been awesome. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank yeah, you for having me. Fun. Thank All you right, much, and for everybody uh, out there, we'll see you guys on the next one. Who knows what, what uh, great developer we'll have. Mm -hmm.